This is George Mann, author of Myths and Fables and Dark Legends, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. I have spoken. A Utini Podcast Network production. This is the way. Episode 206, The Mandalorian Season 3, So Far, So Good? This is the way. On this episode, a Utini Book Madness update. Awesome, baby! Awesome, baby! A breakdown of the new Star Wars Jedi Survivor video game trailer. Hey, BD-1. I'm Cal. And the Utini crew talks about the first three episodes of Season 3 of The Mandalorian. This is the way. And now, here are your hosts. Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, the Utini Network podcast all about The Mandalorian tonight, at least. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to dive into all things Mando are two, frankly, lovely gentlemen. They're both looking good. You make a good a good reason to be on video. I'll just say that. Uh, starting off, we have the fantastic, deadlifting, badass himself, Dr. Charles Ankle. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, guys. How are we doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I did do some deadlifts in the garage earlier. Listen to some Creed. Right, Wes? You know all Heard about that. that. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I was ready. I was ready, but now I'm tired. But I'm happy to be here after missing last week. I feel like I'm still recovering, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Well, we're glad to have you back. Um, and if you're not ready tonight, how is it different from any other week? We've done it 205 times not being ready. Might as well do it again. Uh, but you know who doesn't understand that concept? The idea of not being ready for something is so alien, it may as well be a gun dark. It's Wes Jenkins. Hey, man. <gasps> Hey guys, sorry, I was, uh, I was, I was in the other room. Uh, what's up, um, Charles? Uh, I was listening to "What If," by the way, from Creed um, on the way home from uh, Arlington this uh, past Wonderful. week or past weekend. So yes, I am right there with you, sir. Right before he went crazy, um, and then came back around and went crazy again. But Creed was a pretty rocking band back in you know a couple decades ago. <laughs> That's right, everyone. It is Creed cast time. It is uh, finally that episode. Corey's gone. We're talking about Creed. Uh, but if you <laughs> like Creed or don't, welcome. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to like this video. Subscribe to our channel so you're not missing any of the awesome content that we're pumping out on all our various Utini teams. And if you're on your podcast, catch your hello. Hello. Thank you for welcoming us into your earbuds. It's an intimate space. We'll try. Boo! <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. Savage. Um, <laughs> I've never done that before. 200 times. I'm like, if you're running, I hope you tripped. <laughs> but <That's> everyone. <laughs> and we get a one star review. So I fell because of these guys. <laughs> Gotta invoice these guys for my fall. Uh, but you know what else you can invoice us for is your emotional torment over the March Madness Book Madness bracket that we're doing over at UTNE. That's right. Our phenomenal social team led by the glorious Amir have been going every single day uh, giving us amazing book matchups. If you are new to the show, the last couple weeks we've been talking about our March Madness bracket. We have a ton of books. We have 64 books and or trilogies and or duologies going head-to-head multiple times a day. Discord, Twitter, 
Instagram, and the YouTube community tab. You can be voting for all of these matchups. And we have had an awesome week of Book Madness Brackets. Round one is over. We're into round two. The FDU of the tournament, who's it going to be? I don't know. Also, Michigan State is still in March Madness, baby. Let's go. All right. Uh, Wes, Let's go. You pulled a couple of, uh, of good matchups for us this week. Who are some of our, uh, our, our victors, if you will? Okay. So I was just pulling, going through our Twitter and then seeing the matchups that we had and the winners and losers. And there are some nail biters, <gasps> some Jose Altuve's, if you will. I will. Reference for you. I will. All right. And so first is Alphabet Squadron oh, yeah. versus Rogue Squadron. Oh, this one was great. Yeah. So this was by twenty nine votes out of almost a thousand. Yep. I yep. Mean, shaved. Shaved the win Gosh. off. Four sixty six to four ninety five. Rogue Squadron won. I will say, I think that Rogue Squadron got the final push because you know who uh, retweeted this poll. Michael Jerry. Stackpole himself. Oh, no real kidding. talk. Wow, I didn't real know that. Talk. All right. So, well done. Um, I don't know, maybe Alexander Freed had a bit of a uh, Twitter presence. Maybe yeah, where are you at, the other Freed? Way, but, uh, <laughs> Not round two. It was two. a great one. A lot, a lot of chatter back and forth between the relative squadrons. This, this one hurt. I'm very this sad to see This was a great matchup, though, because the, it was probably the closest one-to-one that you're going to get. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, very solid matchup. What else we got? All right. What else we I'm got? Moving over. Sorry. I was typing in the chat. Someone just said RIP Jose Altuve, and I get it. It's not funny. Poor guy got hit <laughs> on the wrist. Um, he's going to be out. But the Astros, yeah. you know, solid team. Anyways, next is oh, a blowout. Geez. It's Darth Bane trilogy versus the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy. Um, it's, well, both a series of three books. Mm-hmm. So they had that going for them, yet they. Bounty Hunter trilogy, or Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy, unfortunately went against the behemoth that is the Darth Bane trilogy. You can't beat Bane. Uh, they got the yeah, Bounty Hunters I mean, got thought bombed, straight up. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> sure. straight up for sure. Yeah, eighty-one votes. I mean, hey, eighty-one people vote for the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy. I think that's a pretty good victory against the magnificence <sighs> of the basically picture perfect Darth Bane trilogy. So, for sure. uh, well done. But yeah, yeah, you, you got beat. <laughs> Very tough to get through. Next up is the Ooh. Dark Lord, the Rise of Darth Vader versus Tarkin. Another, another like fairly close battle here. So 375 votes for the Dark Lord, and mm-hmm. then 319 for the the wider, lighter side Lord Tarkin. <laughs> 319. Yeah, the light. Yeah, Luceno versus Luceno crime too. Uh, yeah. He had to go against again two very different books, though. I think like the. Luceno's Vader and Luceno's Tarkin are very different, but uh, interesting that we kind of got all the Luceno fans to kind of fight each other on this one. Yeah, yeah. I feel Corey had voted for Tarkin a couple hundred times. Um, in oh, yeah. Way, right. In a way, Dark Lord <laughs> is uh, part of that trilogy, the unofficial trilogy trilogy, right? So That's right, yeah. It, it had some backup for this one. Yeah, good stuff. Next up, uh, Most Wanted get- versus Padawan. Look at this great, great picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so this is the depiction. What is this, from uh, episode one? Sort of depiction, but yep. it's Padawan. Yeah. Uh, guys, this one was upsetting. <laughs> and yeah. I, I got to say this. As an Obi-Wan fan, and I said this on Twitter, and I'm going to say it now. Actually, I'm going to start over. Let me back up. Let me start with this before the people question me. <clears throat> I love democracy. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is objectively incorrect. Okay, I, the only way that Padawan beats Most Wanted, if we haven't said the actual matchup yet, it was Padawan versus Most Wanted. Padawan won 378 to 304, so it was a pretty close one. The only way that happens is if not enough people read Most Wanted. Most Wanted yeah. is like this under-the-radar gem of a book. You can read that so thing in good. one sitting. I think some mm-hmm. people on the team did. Didn't I did. You, Eric, didn't you read it I on did. a plane? On a plane. Why do a I remember sitting. that? Good um, stuff. It's like, yeah, that's like the one book that I remember that a lot of people have read in one sitting. Yeah. Yep. Like just it, the pacing Carson. is incredible. Yeah. It's really well written. It fits the characters really well as we see them, or who will see them become, I should say, in Solo Star Wars Story. Mm-hmm. Padawan was a good book. It was an entertaining book, but it was not in the same league in my eyes. So I was, I was pretty surprised by this. Yeah, okay. as as T'Challa said in Black Panther, you were wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> That's okay. Moving right along. All right. The Han Solo right, trilogy <laughs> versus the High Republic out of the shadows. Another the Han Solo trilogy one. wins four forty eight yeah. to four oh four. Crispin trilogy Very close. specifically. This is the Crispin Han Solo trilogy, not the Brian Daly Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, that's the Han Solo okay. Adventures is Brian Daly. Thank you. Um, Han Solo trilogy, AC Christmas. This another one that should not have been this close. I do think I do think that this what we're seeing, the trend we're seeing develop is that there's just more probably canon voters than Legends voters. And sure. that's fine, right? Recency read, bias too. Yeah. Recency, yep. bias. Recency bias. Yep. Read whatever and you like. There's a lot of good but, recent ones. But the AC Crispin Han Solo trilogy is still Mwah. to this day and within all of Star Wars some of my most favorite books. 100%. Yeah. Glad to see this one go. I, I am worried about this trilogy going into the next round. Um, just because, honestly, I don't know who it's going against. But it's kind of like that's that that underdog team that's made it through the first round. They're going to go to the second round. I'm like, you know what? Anything else is just gravy at this point. Yeah. I know St. Mary's isn't going to – I know St. Peter's isn't going to win. Yeah. But you know what? This is Furman. <laughs> I'm going to be happy for every matchup. This is Furman. Okay. Had ourselves a bit of a – not a, I guess it's just as much as a blowout as the uh, Bane trilogy, just based yeah. off of votes alone. Yep. Yeah. But Lost Stars. So poor Ahsoka had to go up against Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. Any poor book that has to go up against Lost Stars, I guess. There's the. I don't know where that. I haven't looked at the bracket well enough to know to like find out where I'm going to end up with Lost Stars. Maybe like it's got to be one and two. It's got to be mm-hmm. finals. Um, so Lost Stars wins 725 votes versus Ahsoka's 210. So that's a kind of a mismatch of 510 votes there. Ooh. But Ahsoka, Ahsoka got the they got some votes in. I mean, it's not like they didn't get oh, they got over 100. So yeah, I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what when Lost Stars goes up against like you know a, a Light of the Jedi or a Revenge of the Sith uh yeah. Legends Thrawn trilogy like i i think there's a, there's a few books that really have some strong communities within our community and mm-hmm. um i i'm really excited to see when Lost Stars really has to get you know they got they got to stretch a little more in the in warm ups and they really got to work on their free throws the week before uh for the matchup <laughs> you know what i mean and they need their author to retweet the uh, the poll too. So we'll absolutely, just see how that goes. absolutely helps a lot. <laughs> last one we have is the Thrawn trilogy, the Legends Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. the original that I had first read, my first Star Wars books, six hundred and thirty three versus the High Republic Convergence that just came out at two hundred and twenty three votes. 
So uh, pretty handily, the Thrawn trilogy wins. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think it's, I would say a fair amount of people who read Star Wars books have read the Thrawn trilogy, the Legends Thrawn Definitely. trilogy. Yeah, yeah, I like. I like. Who's making these graphics for us? Is this Jose or is this someone else? <laughs> Do we know? I don't remember. Sure. I feel horrible this, about that. Whoever did this, uh, props to you for putting the words <laughs> final result right on Joris Sabayas abs just to draw the eyes there even more. They're incredible. Yeah. <laughs> They're in washboard. Incredible. Love it. Um, His name is Master Kaiboth. Can we get yeah. this oh, straight? Oh god, by here the way? we go. Yeah. How in the world? <laughs> There's so many Sabouth? You mean? Yeah. Sabouth? There's so many ways you can say it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, anything throwing I think anything thrown is still undefeated. I'm not sure if Outbound Flight got defeated, but like Thrawn is riding high. I think it did. Um, pretty, pretty. It's gonna go far. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled again, folks. As a reminder, Twitter, Discord, YouTube community channel, and Instagram stories. You can vote four times per matchup. And as we've seen, if there's like 20 people that vote all four, you're gonna go crazy. You're gonna make a huge deal. Okay, yes, and verified in the chat, Amir is also making the graphics. And he's the one you're talking to on socials. Amir is the man. He's I mean, you're awesome. We love you so much. Props um, to you, Amir. And if you're mean to the Utini account, you're mean to Amir. Don't be know mean that. to Amir. Don't be mean to Amir. We love Amir. <laughs> um, so yeah, stay tuned. Keep voting. A lot of great matchups coming up. We also want to give a quick congratulations to Jedi Battle Scars. Uh, which debuted at number 11 on the New York Times bestseller list. Nice. Um, it's Let's been go. a little while since we did this, but every Star Wars book that debuts on the New York Times bestseller list is good news for all Star Wars books. It means that the brand as a whole gets more notoriety. It means that all y'all are buying the books, supporting these authors, saying you want more stories of the Mantis crew. You want more stories in the Star Wars universe. So, yes, thank you all that uh, made that possible. And congrats to Sam Maggs. Never... Been a New York Times bestselling author ever before. That is huge. So, well done, everybody. Now, for our quick life updates, I do want to mention in the chat, Darth Maul jumping in saying, go Cowboys. Thank you. And thank you, Dallas Cowboys, for actually doing something in free agency this week. I'll leave it at that. You can have him, by the way. Brandon you Cooks? You can have him. I will He's take Brandon up. Cooks. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> t- I was going to let it go. He's a wide receiver, too, Wes. He's consistent. Our wide receiver, too, was Noah Brown. Okay. Mm. Anyway, we don't have a we don't have a wide receiver or anything. So no, uh, we're playing we're playing for picks. Hey, you got Go Devin Texans. Singletary. You got Devin Singletary today. Uh, we we have nobody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, and, and oh, and Zeke is uh, gone as of June first, Chris. Uh, yeah, we, we're letting yeah. Zeke go. Um, but non non Star Wars related news, I want to share with you guys two life updates from me here. One, I got a package today. Some of you watching the video might see. Um, even though I am no longer going to Star Wars Celebration, um, I did receive <laughs> my stuff I pre-ordered like two years ago. Look at that. Oh, word. Oh, that's a cool right. shirt. Yeah, I got my cool shirt, shirt. Audio listeners, I got my uh, my Celebration shirt because I love the Celebration shirt from Anaheim. So I got that, and I also picked up the pin. Uh, so even though I didn't go, I now have pins from Anaheim 2020, which didn't exist. I have a pin from Europe 2023, which I didn't go to. And I have a pin from Anaheim 2022, which I did go to. So one out of three. Um, but, yeah, that's fun. I know that a lot of folks um, are going to be going to Celebration soon. And I pick up this is what the shirt looks like. Pick it up in the store if you didn't get it. And, finally, I want to say thank you to Charles and to Corey 
um, for turning me on to my other obsession this week, which is Mistborn. It's the yeah, first buddy. Brandon Sanderson novel I've ever read. I've heard about Sanderson for years. Those of you in the fantasy circles obviously will know who he is. Um, this is probably the best-conceived magic system I've ever read in a book. Um, and I was in the middle of reading High Republic Cataclysm for our review that's coming out in a couple weeks. And then I started this. And now I'm 300 pages into this, too. No shade to Cataclysm. I'm really enjoying it. But, like, this is uh, this has consumed me fully. And, Charles, we've kind of had, like, a pseudo-book club in our group, because you're in book two of this series, right? I, I finished book two. Now I have you did. To, I have to start oh. book three, but I'm reading right. Battle Scars right now. So that's right. Um, and I'll tell you something. I loved book one, and I think Corey said the same thing. I liked book two even more. Well of Ascension, Ugh. I liked even more than Mistborn, and then I have to start the third one, which is which is Hero of Ages. But I got to put Eric on blast for a second here, guys, because Do I. It. Love him. <laughs> Uh, Eric was uh, texting us or sending us messages in Slack rather about this trilogy because like you said we're doing this pseudo book club thing and he told us hey I'm through part one of Mistborn and we were like that's awesome man what do you think blah 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 and then the next thing you know he sends us eBay links to $1,200 leather bound signed sets of these books and we were like time out time out time out man like finish the series figure out if you actually enjoy it and then we'll circle back but like you like finish the first book first i was, I was like 100 pages in classic I was like, eric I was yo like, i don't know this looks really good you know <laughs> uh yeah so if anyone has um if anyone has uh really those thousand dollar signed limited editions of mistborn uh let me know i'd be happy to take them off your hands <laughs> But but real talk, this is a uh, Charles. This is your paperback. I've been reading off. You were so nice to let me borrow this. Um, I gotta figure out which set I'm gonna buy for my shelf though. Like, there's there's the trade paperbacks that came out this year. There's the mass market paperbacks, the hardcovers. So if anyone has ideas on which versions of Mistborn or Sanderson novels I should be buying, um, please let me know. Any advice is welcome. So thank you for this new obsession. Uh, I'm worried. Thank. Also shout out to the books channel and Discord. Uh, the, the the best enablers outside of the toy chat and Utini Slack um, for always making ourselves buy expensive books that we're not going to read. Cheers. Uh, how's your guys' this week going? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> just, just so people know that it's real. <laughs> okay, this, yeah. is, this, this, is this is the leather-bound Mistborn trilogy so for s- s- signed by Brandon Sanders himself, $1,200 and zero yeah. cents. Hey, I see you're uh, signing to Corey's eBay. Then just buy it. Oh, you're right. I should. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Corey, you missed the show, buddy. Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so good. That's the problem. I have that ascendancy uh, out of print trilogy, and that's like my my only like super now expensive ones. Um, and I'm like, ah, oh, they do look really good. So, <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Very excited for more of that magic. Star Wars books are great, but if you're ever in a, ever in a reading slump, finding another series like this or something else that you love is really great. Because I know a lot of us have been talking about that recently. Like, what else could we get back into reading for? And this has been huge for me. I've, again, I've read 300 pages in like a week, so loving it. Ugh. So other than shaming me publicly, Charles, what did you do this week? <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, that's my favorite pastime, but... I did also uh, return from Nashville last weekend. That's why I missed the show. Uh, I've been recovering kind of all week because that was a crazy time. Fun city. Fun city, Nashville. I'd never been there. 
I really didn't know much about it, uh, but we went there for Nicole's 30th birthday, and we had a bunch of friends fly in from kind of all stages of her life and from all around the mostly the southeast, and uh, and we just had a good time, man. I we went out on Broadway a couple nights, and I did not know what to expect. That is a loud place. Let me tell you what they have, <laughs> and it's busy. There's so many people. They have to have miniature ambulances. Um, drive around to like get through the crowds to pick the people up that are falling over, which thankfully was none of us. But, um, but yeah, it was a fun time. Thanks to everybody that came and I, I would like to go back to Nashville sometime. So keep that on the short list for Utini hangout spots. All right. Did you, did you try Hattie B's? I did not. Hattie B's hot chicken? I did not have Hattie B's hot chicken. Um, the way that you could have known the answer to that already is that I'm still here tonight. I'm still here. <laughs> You're not completely okay. KO'd. I've seen you on Hot Chicken before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, all right, Wes, okay. how was your week? What did you, you up to, buddy? Um, so I took off this past Friday to Good. drive to <laughs> yeah, to drive to Arlington because there was a video game reveal or a snapshot reveal um, by some people may know Dr. Disrespect. So he is not only a streamer, but he's making a video game along with a developmental group called Midnight Society. Um, and one thing that I've noticed with this developmental company instead of like any other AAA game companies is they are taking you through the process of how they're building the game. So they're making a snapshot or a playable demo um, every like month or six weeks or so and then they're adding on to it and then adding on to that one so it's like it's even more playable is even more like um immersion and character development and stuff and like guns and levels and all that kind of stuff so they got to the fifth one and the fifth one was a big reveal and they had it at esports arena in arlington which is a um it's like a convention center that's dedicated just to esports that's amazing which i thought but I walked in there, and then uh, as we were parking, when I paid for my parking pass, um, the lady said, what are you here for? Which event are you here for? And I was like, well, which other event is there? There's a golf expo um, right next door. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, we're not going to that. <laughs> so, That's a little too so, crazy for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So they had a, they had a big reveal. Um, they showed like this playable demo where you can have multiple people. Um, I think it's like maybe 30 in a match, uh, in a battle Royale kind of, uh, aspect, but it's an extraction shooter. So instead of like a flat map, um, that you play on, it is a vertical map. So you got to climb stairs and you can take uh, zip lines and all that to get to the top. To Cause the if you ground. don't go, if you get, don't get the high ground, you get, instead of fire, it's complete opposite. It's like a freezing mist that comes up. Um, so we were, they gave us access to play it and I, uh, couldn't get my key bindings and my mouse, right. So I died instantly twice. Um, uh, so I didn't really get mouse. to play yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the tech was faulty. I mean, you, 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 yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Other than that, you would have won. <laughs> but, you know, we waited around at the end with all the streamers, uh, the major streamers like Dr. Disrespect, Dr. Lupo was there, uh, Bobby Poff, who doesn't blink, um, Z Laner, a lot of like, a lot of famous guys that play uh, Warzone and Fortnite and um, games like in Battle Royale games like that. So it was a fun time. They're really they're super nice. They, were, they waited the entire time to meet everybody that was waiting in a line That's to go around awesome. and shake everybody's hands. Yeah, that. it was super cool. Um, I think that, I mean, the nicest guy that I've ever met uh game streaming wise i guess is outside of uh dr lupo who's like the nicest guy i've ever met um is z laner z laner super cool super humble um same with dr disrespect he was super nice so um 
it, it was a it was a great time. I'm, I'm glad that I went because I was thinking about not going, and I was like, it's gonna be. I mean, when else am I gonna get this chance? I might as well just yeah. drive up there. Yeah. I have a buddy that has like a ha- uh, an apartment not too far away, so I stayed there. Um, we went out. We watched the Mavs. What's the Mavs beat the Lakers? Oh, yeah. I, I heard about that. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, like yeah. a last-minute shot. I mean, I didn't care. I booed at the end of it, and everybody told me. <laughs> <laughs> but, my, but my poor team is like 17 and 50-something, so I'm, I'm not, I don't have a basketball team at the moment. You're going through I'm, it. I'm going through it. So, anyways, I had a, great, a good weekend. Good weekend for sure. That's good. And, hey, let that be a lesson to all y'all. If you're thinking about going to that thing, do it. Go. Do it. What do you, it's, it's Friday. What are you going to do? You know, <laughs> I, I, I am the worst at that, that I'm like, oh, this could be a thing I could do. Should I? Like Saturday night, I went and watched a soccer game with a bunch of Charlotte FC supporters for the first time at a bar. And I was like, you know what? I had a great time. I could have stayed at home and I thought about it, but I tried it. You're going to have a good time. You're going to see some people. And if not, you'll go back home after. Have some fun, yeah. everybody. <laughs> but the most fun is not found in an esports arena. It is not found at a bar. It's found on the Utini Patreon at patreon.com slash Utini. And we want to say a quick thank you to our newest patron who paid for that segue. Uh, take care, man. <laughs> That's their name. Take care, man. And you know what? I will. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. That's thank very you. nice. Um, and everyone over on that Patreon, I hope you're having a great time. Um, there are episodes being recorded for you all. as Not as we speak. Probably not. We're, we're using the Zoom. Um, but elsewhere in the Utini, in the Utini world. We're recording content for you guys. We're getting feedback from y'all. We hope you all are loving everything we got for you. Again, if you have any suggestions of anything you'd want to see on Patreon, check in with our Patreon manager, Timothy, and be sure to go to patreon.com slash utini for all the goodness. All right. Now, we got an awesome Star Wars drop today, and it deserves its own Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. All right, everyone. Today, we got what is probably the final trailer. For Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the awesome, I hope, because I pre-ordered it, the Deluxe Edition, <laughs> uh, sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, this was a story-based uh, trailer. We got to see the whole crew of the Mantis back. Cal Kestis is back. Seer is back. Marin is back. Grease is back. He's got a mechanical arm. See, battle scars for why. Um, and all kinds of other cool things. So I want to ask you guys, uh, just first of all, did you watch the trailer? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Two for two. Everybody, we did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> I did my we homework. did it. Because I got in trouble last week. That's right. So I, I called you out. I did uh, not want to get scolded. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what'd you think? Just just kind of base as as a trailer. Uh, did it get you more hyped? Did it answer any questions? Or is it just kind of like smooth sailing? It didn't really answer any questions for me. I saw some of the gameplay, um, especially with um, with Cal's uh, separated lightsabers yeah, he has two, two two dual sabers mm-hmm. um and then um i saw sierra kind of has a new look she doesn't have any hair yep. yeah um and then um the one thing that struck out to me was um was uh marin was talking to was talking to cal mm-hmm. and telling him to look into the fire like look into the flame it was yeah. also like it kind of felt like he she or she was telling him to tap into the dark side a little bit mm-hmm. just do little things you shouldn't be maybe that's something part of the gameplay they're going to put in there like hey if you tap into the dark side you can defeat this person but you're going to go down a path that puts you in a spot where you, they have like multiple different ways like what is it like a the uh, choose your own destiny books yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if only there was like a star wars 10. game 
that it had that kind of gameplay mechanic. Coach Orr. in there. Yeah. Coach Orr. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Love that bit as well. Uh, yeah. Charles, what stuck out to you in this particular trailer? I, the other ones? So I always like looking at the gameplay because, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I love the story and I'm in it for the story, but I'm just button mashing when I play these games. And <laughs> yeah, I dude. I love the fact that the lightsabers are more or less like pool noodles in these in these games. <laughs> you just hit someone 14 <laughs> times with them before they actually go down. Um, yeah. You hit them in the yeah, chest directly over and over again. <laughs> They're just fine. Um Yep. But no, what what stuck out to me was the the like combos with uh, with Cal and Marin. I was that was pretty cool thing. to see. It made favorite me question thing. like, I don't know, is there gonna be like co op or anything like that? Is that where that was coming from, or is the computer oh. assisting you with like finishers and stuff? I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the finishers thing. I believe there was an article on StarWars.com uh, that they released that was like, you know, the five things we learned from the Jedi Survivor trailer. Like, they're always great at those. And I believe they did mention, they called it like an AI um, companion thing. That's so I do think I, that it's still just going to be, yeah. I, that that was my favorite thing about it. I love the idea of doing combos with uh, party members. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a KOTOR Mass Effect thing where you pick which party member goes with you on different missions. I don't think so. That doesn't seem to be kind of the vibe. Grease. I think it's going to be probably mission-specific, you know, Every like <laughs> Grease combos would be amazing. Just has that salt shaker ones. and just salt shaking on everybody. He's got a tiny <laughs> pair of scissors for his, like, bonsai trees. <laughs> Stabbing people. Um, yeah, I love that idea because I think, again, the, 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 the combat of Fallen Order was very satisfying, but I did think it could probably – it could have been a little more cinematic, and that's what I'm seeing a lot in the trailers for Survivor. Like, yeah. it seems like the moves are bigger. There's flashier. There's that other companion dude that has, like, the, the blaster. I forget his name, but he was doing combos with Cal as well. Very excited, but most importantly, I will say, uh, the based on the Star Wars kind of book community and everybody, uh, we got a confirmation that the kind of Jedi that was in the – Back to tank thing. That's kind of the villain that's that's waking. Uh, we found the frame. He's wearing a higher public robe. Yep. The symbol is there. It's officially High Republic in Jedi Survivor. Um, the, the frame is out there. Um, it's on Twitter and everything like that. Alex Damon, also shout out Star Wars Explained, uh, of course, did an amazing video breaking down the trailer um, and talked a lot about this. So I love the idea that our adversary in this game is going to be basically, it seems like he's like pissed at Cal for letting the Jedi fall. Yeah, here we go. Here's the picture. Look at that, that gold symbol. Yeah. We know oh, what that yes. is. That's incredible. Um, and be like, you know, when in the higher public did this person go to sleep? You know, did they assume that now the Jedi failed and, oh. and, and, and uh, like, you know, now the Jedi are gone. Is it your fault? Like what's going to go yeah. on there? But either way, Seeing that symbol in like a major triple A game, yeah. I'm into it, man. That's so exciting. Yeah. So it's like Demolition Man. They they froze him and they woke him back up. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it. But that's so it's so interesting to think that Cal, who is one of the only Jedi in this time period, who you know hadn't been a Jedi for very long, you know doesn't mm-hmm. really know what all it means that the antagonist, the major antagonist, is someone who was part of the Order, arguably at its peak. If in fact that is what it. is going on here, I mean that's yeah. there's a lot of interesting story there. So and it just yeah. it just feels like it further legitimizes that whole initiative, you know? <laughs> yep. 
This this part when he throws the helmet and they just like scan up to him and they throw this was like half a second. How did you even see this? Oh, 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 for sure. I did not. This was Twitter. I I did not catch this. Because I know like they're watching assumed, it, but, in, but yeah, yeah, a quarter of the speed is like just looking for anything. And they're like, ha! We love found y'all. Found it! We love y'all. Thank you, We're the first. Yeah. Thank you for yes. your service. How about the uh, saber, too? Because that's a long hilt. So yeah, either that breaks in two as well, or it's double-bladed, or maybe Duel. both, considering what Cal can do yeah. in these games. But that's interesting. Yeah, it's he's pretty got a big. Cell phone pouch. He does yeah. have that's a little is. cell phone yeah, pouch. Yeah, that's what it is. It's his beeper, I think, actually, as well. Um, <laughs> Call me. He's older. He's got a beeper. Um, yeah, it'll totally hit a beeper. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Cataclysm. But I will say, if you all want to catch up on your High Republic before this game comes out, you have plenty of resources. Number one, utd.com, our High Republic HQ. Head over there, check everything out, getting started with the High Republic, get caught up on the story. Or you can buy the High Republic Chronicles of the Jedi by Cole Horton, which is the uh, reference book from Inside Editions, I believe coming out tomorrow in certain markets. It's it's been popping up elsewhere. Uh, We should have a review copy on our way that we'll be able to share with you guys a little bit later on. And, of course, The High Republic Cataclysm by Lydia Kang comes out April 4th, as well as The High Republic Quest for Planet X. So we are all about this era. April is going to be very, very big High Republic so, very excited about that. Check out the new releases page at utd.com for everything you need. All right. Before we get into Mando and we dive into Season 3 in a really big way, there was another Star Wars television show this week. Uh, you remember last week, The Bad Batch and Mando were together as well. Um, last episode, I think a lot of us agreed that the Bad Batch episode was actually kind of better than the Mando episode. Um, the, the Outpost was one of the best Bad Batch episodes we've gotten. It was very solid. It was another Crosshair episode. Very mature. Very intense. Um, and then Pabu, which is episode 13, was a little different. Wes, you had a note here, I believe. This your note or is it Charles's note? That was my note, but it was deleted. Oh, I didn't see it. I see your note. I wonder why. I didn't delete anything. <laughs> oh, Wes, was it? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it wasn't no. deleted. You're yeah. right. What do you think about, what'd you think about <laughs> Pabu, Wes? You, it seems like you had a strong reaction to it. Well, I mean, I just wrote, what the hell did I just watch? Because we got, even though, even though that I missed last week's episode, I watched it last night yep. with Crosshair and how he was diabolical and how he killed somebody was great. Um, great, not so great, what do you want to say? But it was, it was a meaningful episode. It yeah. looks like we were finally going somewhere, and we've said that more than once in this series. And then we go to Pabu, um, something completely different. We go back to the... Like the, I don't know, the quests kind of episodes, pretty yep. much. Um, and it, it had a, I, I, get, I got the concept, like... Um, uh, one band, one sound? Well, not That's that. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. We're with Drumland but, fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were trying to find a home, you know, and then see if they could, you know, uh, get... Um, why am I blanking on her name? Omega? Omega, yeah. Yeah. They say that Omega is like... She doesn't have any friends. She needs. She only has the Bad Batch, and she's not really. She's learning how to be a soldier for People sure. People are dying, but Omega. She's not. Okay. <laughs> she's not like. <laughs> so she's lonely. They're they're saying that they're kind of showing like, oh, she's lonely. Um. So maybe if they settle down in a spot mm-hmm. that is, you know, longer than a you know a week or so, then she'll get some culture and she'll find some friends, something like that. And um, 
That's essentially how it ended up. There was an earthquake, right, or something like that. Some tremors yep. yeah. that caused uh, that caused some waves in the ocean um, that kind of destroyed the lower city. And mm-hmm. then the Bad Batch were like, you know what? We're going to stay here and help. We're yep. Pick all this shit up for you, <laughs> and then we're going to leave. Yep. And, and then that was it. That was it. That was it. There wasn't it. anything about Crosshair. There wasn't nope. anything about the cloning. There wasn't nope. anything about Camino. Nope. And there wasn't anything about hey, we need to. The, the secret is Omega, the girl. Yeah, that nope. was so long ago. You probably forgot about it since <laughs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I liked it. It was good. It was good. I mean, I actually enjoyed this one more than probably any of the other one-offs. Like I, I agree. enjoyed I, it. I agree there. I yeah, agree. I enjoyed it more than like when them getting their ships stolen and all that kind of stuff. Um, I yeah. thought it was beautiful. I mean, besides it Gorgeous being a total ripoff of the day after tomorrow, uh, it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It yeah. was. Uh, it was really, really well animated. I mean, the water, yeah. you know, incredible. Beautiful. The city itself felt really, I don't know, realistic and. Yeah, um, I I'd love go the there. Light thing. Oh yeah, I would go there for sure. As long as yeah, they, you know, the tectonic plates were doing all right. Yeah, at that figure moment. that out. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it more. And then I watched last week's too. Obviously, that was incredible. And I just can't help but feel like this is just two different shows, man. Like if Crosshair's That's in it. the episode, it's an adult show. If there's no mm-hmm. Crosshair, it's a kids, you know, Scooby Doo like villain of the week, problem of the week, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and it's. It's just wild the whiplash you can get watching these things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a I, good. That's a good way to put it. It just kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense how it's all in one season. And I, I think you're right. Is that if they are each their individual show, then they work. But if they are the same show, then they are inconsistent and are in opposition to each other. And you know, it's like reading the book. If every other chapter is like a giant narrative, and then just like a and a play thing, it's like you just get confused. So, mm-hmm. it, again, it show itself is is fine. I liked Wanda Sykes's fee character a lot better in this episode than I did earlier in the season. I think she if sounded like she thought like she understood what she was saying mm-hmm. a bit more, which was good. Um, oh, the little the little centipede, the deadly assassin yeah. centipede coming oh, back yeah. was pretty awesome. I those coming back, did that, that was down. great. Fun moment. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to land this plane, but I mean, we're getting close to the end of the season, so we, we yeah. will find out. I think we just have this week is episode fourteen, and then I think we have fifteen sixteen as a two part finale um, next oh, next wow. week. So okay. we'll see how it happens. Um, but let's jump into the main show here with Mandalorian season three. Obviously, the biggest show that's been going on right now. Um, a lot of conversation about this here. Uh, so before we go episode by episode and really dissect these a bit, I want to get just kind of a temperature of the room here for you guys. Uh, what's your overall feeling about the first three episodes so far? Again, we're only going through the convert because that's a recording. That's all that's come out so far. What has been the best thing about this for you guys? Um, where have you struggled if you have it all? And how does this compare with the season, the beginning of seasons one and two? Uh, which also were very, you know, meeting Grogu for the first time in season one, and then we had the Cobb Vant stuff uh, in the beginning of season two. So how how is this going for you? Charles, I want to hit you first. Yeah, um, two big thumbs up for me so far. I mean, I, I think awesome. overall it's been really great. I think what I have liked about it so much is it feels more focused and it feels bigger scope. And what I mean when I say that is, 
I feel like every episode thus far has built on the last and has built towards an overall narrative. So it's it's exactly the opposite of what we're talking about a minute ago with the Bad Batch. I mean, everything I think is leading towards something. Um, and when I say it's bigger scope, of course, you know, they've always been flying all around the galaxy and whatnot. But even the the show itself, the shots they have, I don't feel like we're in the volume. I'm sure we are most of the time or whatever amount of the time. I'm sure we're still there a lot, but I don't notice it the way that I feel like I noticed it once I knew what it was like to have Star Wars outside of the volume, you know, for these TV series. So um, I think they've done a really good job of making it feel big. Um, I think that the action and the effects have been movie quality. I mean, the episode one dogfight was nuts i loved it oh my god so good um so that's that's what's been the best for me so far if i had to name one thing one thing that has made me struggle it was the weird almost reintroduction of ig11 i was i was really thrown off by that and I'm weird sure we'll false start yeah. yeah we'll talk more about it um i'm sure but yeah just that and uh, i don't know if this new astromech is gonna work out long term here but uh <laughs> but yeah overall i've loved it yeah, he has a tough time holding the job, you know. I think I'm, I'm finding that. Yeah. <laughs> Wes, how about you? Um, so the best thing so far, um, it's not so much – I'm not harping on the fact that it's the best thing, but um, they are putting uh, Grogu in a backseat right now in favor of Mandalore and the Mandalorians. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because um, – well, maybe not because, but I've – Wanted to dive more into that into that information. There's a lot of uh, depictions and a lot of suggestions of the Mandalorian Wars and Mandalore in um, in legends and in canon and comics, um, but haven't really gone too deep into it, especially in canon. Um, so if you've heard inklings of that, then they're giving us that information here, hopefully, in um, throughout season three. But that's kind of what um, what's made me like more. A better term, but magnetized to the actual season to watch it every single Wednesday to see like what is this Mandalore all about? I mean, what is the especially since it I could recognize what Mandalore looked like from the Clone Wars episodes and then what it looked like in um, episode two whenever they went below into yeah. the mines. Yep. So that was that was really neat to kind of see that similarity. Um, but I'm I'm happy that they are stepping away a little bit from. Um, the merch sale god himself, Grogu, and um, getting into Mandalorian culture. Um, that's that's really a big hit for me. Um, kind of where I struggled? I'm not sure I've struggled much um, so Good. far. I really like... I mean, yeah, the IG-11 thing was kind of odd because they, they put a lot of emphasis, almost like a third of an episode on it. Um, but um, maybe that comes back around. So who knows? Um, but um, I, I am liking... Um, all of the various Mandalorian colors and their helmets and everything, especially in episode one. Um, but um, there's just so much that they leave uh, to question after each episode, which is great storytelling, especially on a an episodic TV kind of content thing that they're doing. So they're doing a really good job. I really don't have to struggle with much. It's a damn good show. Well, I can't wait to watch it every every Wednesday. So they're doing something right for sure. Yeah. Love that. 
Um, all right, I will. Uh, I'm gonna break some new ground here by probably being the most negative out of all of us Ooh. today, which is fine. Ooh. I know 206 episodes had to happen, um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm not enjoying the Mandalorian. I just, I just here's here's where I am. Overall, if I had to kind of pitch a word for season three of Mandalorian right now, it would be inconsistent for me. Mm. Um, favorite mm. parts, space. Aerial combat, best we've seen on Star Wars television, easily film quality. Yep. Anything with the end one, the dogfight in episode three, the dogfights in episode one, the cinematography of anything with the ships, aces. Love it. Absolutely love it. Mando's N1 reinforcing why it's like one of my favorite ships of all time, period. I love it more than the Racer Crest. Fight me. Um, <laughs> love all that stuff. I really enjoy the Mandalore. Lore. Mm-hmm. That we're getting. Yep. No. Um, yeah. Okay. Great. So I really had to really had to drag it out there. Um, had a great time with that. Uh, agree with Wes. I'm glad that Grogu is is an additive to the show, but is no longer kind of the sole purpose of it. Um, I think he works well as kind of like you know again the sidekick that's, that's pushing him. Um, I will say say that where I'm struggling with this season is kind of the production components. Um, the dialogue really isn't working well for me in this season so far uh the third episode it did which we'll talk about because it's actually a completely different kind of episode of a show um but anything where mando is just kind of talking uh, the the dialogue is a little too expositiony for me it doesn't kind of connect as as a person talking as much as like kind of exposition machine stuff um i feel like it's a little wooden and, and things like that especially with him and bo katan I'm, I'm not really buying it and and I'll, some of it just doesn't look quite as crisp as I want it to. Um, so I'm just I'm 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 having a rough time kind of buying into it without seeing the showness of it. I think I'm seeing people trying to put on a fun Star Wars show, but I'm th- I'm conscious of that, and that might also just be a me thing here. Uh, but I'm I'm not quite as enraptured in the story as I want to be. Like I'm I'm thinking about the logical jumps of well, why did he go? From here, this planet, this planet, this planet, when it doesn't make sense in the galaxy map. Like, I'm, I'm t- having time to think about that stuff because I'm not as brought mm. into the narrative of the story. Um, because I think the acting and the writing just isn't quite there for me as of yet. But um, also compared with seasons one, two, and three, you know, if we started at season one, we had obviously the first episode of finding Grogu. The second one kind of walking Grogu through kind of through his whole path and then the third episode him meeting the mandalorians the armor and things like that was kind of one whole arc season two very much disjointed we had the Cobb vanth episode then we had the frog lady episode then it was the bo katan episode <laughs> so three very different ones but i still thought it was a little more forward thinking this season i'm not quite sure where they're going and i think the ig11 thing to your point charles is kind of showing that because first episode was like we're gonna Grogu's back, by the way. Okay, then we're gonna go to see Grief Karga. Okay, then we, we need IG Eleven. Okay, well, well then we need Bogatan. Okay, well, well now we're gonna go to Mandalore. Okay, well now, now we gotta go in the waters, and then and, and now we're gonna, gonna go out of the waters. And like, I feel like there's just like a a bunch of little things that are gonna happen, and then I'm not quite sure what's happening next. Hmm. But if that all comes together at the end of the show, it'll make sense. That surprises Long me. That surprises me because all the. I know. All the little things they're doing, don't they still all add up to him redeeming himself? I mean, he needed they, they he needed can. a droid. 
Like the IG-11 thing is the weirdest part, and we'll get into detail yeah. on that. But, yeah. you know, ultimately he needs a droid, and he needs to know where to go, and then he goes there. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's okay, all pretty linear to me. But but also it wasn't linear because he needed the droid, but then he went to Bo-Katan, which is in the same system as Mandalore, and then he flew oh, all not, the way yeah, back against the I'm galaxy to go to Peli. I'm not talking about the geography I, of it. Yeah, that, oh, that part. Drove me <laughs> nuts. Yeah, I, don't, I um, never even thought about that. Yeah, good. Don't. It ruins it. Um, but here, let, 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 let's get nitty-gritty then. Maybe And maybe some of it will illuminate itself to me. Because, again, all our conversations, all of us rarely leave these without loving the thing we're talking about more, yeah. uh, which is always the goal. So, episode one, The Apostate. Uh, we start off, or chapter 17, whatever. Fine. Fine, guys. <laughs> uh, so, we start off um, with Grogu being back. We talked... Back when that came out, we, we, we figured it out. We were like, okay, it's fine. A little bit wonky explaining how he came back back, back in Book of Boba Fett. It was probably a misstep. Fine, we're going to move on. Yeah. But then we meet Grief Karga back again on Navarro. We know he needs IG-11 because he needs to go to Mandalore to see if it's safe. We get Bo-Katan back again. Great. We know we're going to Mandalore. Um, episode 2, The Minds of Mandalore. We finally get to the planet. We have a lot of fights on the surface of the planet. Um, in order to get there, though, we got to find Pelimoto, um, on my television again in 2023, Pelimoto, uh, fighting with Sid for a certain title in my heart, uh, <laughs> goes to Peli, right. gets R5D4, who also just happens to be there and who is also mm-hmm. a coward, but gets him to Mandalore, says it's safe. We go down, we go to the living waters. There's a giant fight where Bo-Katan Eventually saves the day because she gets to wield the dark saber. Badass, awesome. The shield from Clone Wars is there. Bam, 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 bam. Mando goes into the waters of Mandalore, and he's redeemed, but gets sucked under because we see <gasps> there's a mythosaur. Real life mythosaur is there. Oh my god, incredible. Bo-Katan does not tell Dinjarin about it, uh, but then they both leave because they've got to go somewhere safe. So they're gonna go to find the other Mandalorians to kind of chill out for a while. Episode three. Huge departure story where we see Dr. Pershing trying to reintegrate into new public society, do his job, but he wants to continue his research. So he meets um, one of the people that was on Moff Gideon's ship. They become friends. They're going to sneak off to get him a lab so he can research. Oh, turns out she double-crossed him the whole time. He gets his mind zapped Borgullet style um, as she watches. That was gnarly. And then at the end of the show, Bo-Katan... Basically, accidentally becomes part of a cult uh, by finding the children of the watch. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Yeah, so that's where we are. Um, so, if we want to go episode by episode, what other than what we already talked about a couple weeks ago? What about episode one really stuck out to you, and what do you think about it? Really made the the season kind of start real strong for you guys. Like you said, it really kind of picked up for you. Well, I think it was. I think it was enough of the familiar stuff. Like it was, it was kind of nice to see Grief Karga again. Of course, it was nice to see Mando and the N one and all that. Um, I got chills when the title card came up and just said like the apostate. Like I, I was, I, Me too. I didn't that, realize that how excited great. I was. And I've been getting up by the way every Wednesday morning at like four thirty in the morning to watch these. And hell yeah, dude. And. Um, I, I just thought it was enough familiar, and Mando was still just cool. 
I mean, I agree with you. The dialogue, the, the explaining how Grogu's back, that part was clunky. There was no way around that. So, like, I'll, I'll give that a pass because they boxed themselves in with that. They had to explain it. Um, but Mando, you know, taking on the pirates was incredible. The space warfare was incredible. Captain Pirate tossed salad face, man. I mean, he was cool. The puppetry <laughs> was really good. The Anzellans were great. I mean, the Anzellans were great. Everything I love the outside of the IG 11 decision, which we can come back around to. I really, I really dug. I mean, it seemed like they were just doing all the things they've always done better. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> what got me was the um, the giant crocodile monster in yeah. the very beginning. The with, um, yeah, before the, all the Mandalorians had to you know, work together to try to defeat this crocodile monster that could only be defeated by an N1 starfighter. Um, but there was a kind of like a ceremony for... Um, for the foundlings, right? It was, he was a foundling, I believe. Mm-hmm. That was a yep. that they were christening in the waters. I guess um, gave him a brand new helmet. I thought in the trailer that they were making a tiny helmet for Grogu. That's what I had thought, but that was apparently a full size helmet for a regular person. Yeah. So yeah. that's how much I pay attention to the previews. But anyways, um, I thought that was great. This the action sequence, the cinematic like story telling of that giant of that giant crocodile scene or whatever was great i loved it yeah um and then the right the um the dog fight with the pirates was great a lot um, of fun we 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 have gone back and seen um that star wars really kind of hones in on the pilot aspect of um a lot of their action scenes yeah. and i like that they keep going back to that they need to that's kind of like their core yep um so I appreciate that. Even with, you know, writing and books and stuff, they were trying to go um, do with the Rogue Squadron that they have um, many, many titles. Alphabet Squadron, they're going back to pilots, and I love pilots. So um, that was cool to see. That cool to add. The Like everybody has said, the IG-11 part was very strange. Um, but <laughs> yeah, especially, like, they were like, oh, my God, it turned on. And it's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, so we have to destroy it again. And then after they destroyed it twice, they were like, oh, I'm still going to try to fix it. And they're like, that's, eh. can we get, can we just <laughs> dig into that for a second? Yeah. Can we just yeah, go ahead? Let, because let, we've referenced it like four times. So, <laughs> yeah. so here's my biggest hang up with it. My biggest <laughs> hang up with it is not that when they turned it back on, it wasn't its usual self or any of that. My biggest Makes hang sense. up is yep. why, why is there so much of it left? Like it, it used its own self-destruct method, which literally was built to destroy IGs entirely so you couldn't yeah. recover like any parts it. of them. Yeah. And whatever pieces did exist that survived through that massive explosion would have fallen into molten lava. So, like, yep. how, how are the pieces even <laughs> there? I just – that really and – and Star Wars has a thing where they overdo bringing characters back. And if you're going to do it mm-hmm. in someone who got absolutely decimated, sure, it makes sense it was a droid. But, like, I cried when IG-11 was walking through the lava and, like, yep. melting down, dude. I was, like, teared up that he was going to go sacrifice himself to get them out of that little cave or whatever yep. they were in. Uh-huh. And then next thing you know, he's just back. Like, it just feels, it just kind of cheapens it a little bit. So I was very confused by all of that. I think this is a great point because the... Th- that's maybe that's kind of what I'm getting at with some of season three is that there's there's a little bit of cheapening of stakes in that like that IG11 sacrifice great 
I like Corey said in the chat, I had also forgotten about the lava thing. Great point. Um, so mm-hmm. that moment's kind of rough now. We have the whole thing that we're going to get to later, you know, about like, I need to be redeemed. And then, but was that a, as huge of a deal? And now we're kind of back right where we started because he didn't learn that the cult was wrong. Because I thought we, right, I thought right. we had a whole thing. And then also Grogu leaving at the end of season two. That was huge. And now that's kind of, he's back. And that's kind of cheapened by a conversation to move on. And, and there's just a lot of things that I think they're trying to play with weight, but instead they're being like, well, what if we just get here? And that, I think that's probably why some of the logistical stuff is really hard for me because the storytelling this season is bigger and is like trying to broader, but they're not really nailing some of the specific transitions between story beats in a way that I think it works. And that's why like some of the dialogue it doesn't sound like actual scenes and there's not actual emotion going into it because they, they know they have to get to the next story idea. So it's kind of, that's kind of the back end. That's kind of, they don't care as much. Like the fact that, you know, R5 D4 is the droid that, you know, Luke and Owen almost got instead of R2. And then he has the bad motivator. Great. If you've read from a certain mm-hmm. point of view, there's that great little short story. It might be canon or not where he kind of did it, it intentionally. Yeah. That's great. He's a hero of the rebellion. That's a fun story. But now we spent all of episode one of The Mandalorian with him saying IG-11 is the only droid. It's got to be him, got to be him, got to be him, flying around the entire galaxy. And then episode two, he finds Peli and he's like, I I need IG-11. She's like, oh, what about this fun droid? And then next (laughs) scene, he's just in the N1. Yeah. And he's also like a Freddy cat. That made me sad. Yeah. But also like then then all all of a sudden R5-D4 is just a scaredy coward droid even though he may have had this other story that does or doesn't matter i don't care but then also mando who is soul bent on finding a single part in the galaxy is now taking like essentially a coward droid for a bit and a nostalgia thing it's like it's like the little things don't quite add up as nicely as they want it to because they just want it to be a cool nod and another thing and i'm like if your action is good enough as it may be eventually, like, then, it, then I don't care. And we might get there. Like, there are some things in all shows that, well, it's cool. Who cares? Like, like Bo-Katan's ship backwards drifting and firing later on. Hell, yeah, that's great. I don't care if, what physics and who, I don't, whatever. <laughs> I don't care physics. But, then, but <laughs> yeah, but, like, this is the kind of stuff where I'm, like, you, the excitement isn't quite, like, the IG-11 thing. That other stuff was exciting, and that emotional stuff was the big thing. And seeing him, like you said, Charles, not exploded now does kind of take any, uh, I don't know, impact out of the moment, which is which is odd. Yeah. Which is, it's yeah. odd. I think that's what it is for me. It's just odd. I mean, just retconning it could have exploded and pieces just flew out of the lava area, but that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The chest, is this, does the chest piece, in, is it intact? Yeah. That's odd. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. where that's the little detonator odd. was sitting. The, yeah, that's where it's Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. and then, like, the arms are the ones they couldn't find? I think, I thought those would be the projectiles that would <laughs> yeah. fly out first, right? Yeah. And I think there's a difference <laughs> so. between suspension of disbelief and suspension of the rules you have established in your universe. And yeah. in this universe, they established that that detonator will destroy IG-11 and he will melt. That is what we were told as audience is the rules. Right. And now those rules don't count. So now it's like, well, what else doesn't count, I guess, you know? Anyway, 
Yeah. I agree. That was a rough one for that. Yeah. And I don't think there was enough reason for that because he didn't end up coming back. Do you think he will? Do you think they're going to circle back no. around? Well, also, no, but I don't know. He also exploded and melted in lava and he came back, That's Charles. True. So That is true. I don't know, man. Darth Maul taught like, us I, anything. Yeah. D- yeah Darth Maul's narrative not. was good enough. And he had the dark side powers, blah, 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 right? Um, that made sense. Yeah. And I'm worrying that. It's got to make sense. It's got to make sense. That, yeah, yeah that's I don't know. Holding they together completely spider buried legs this. made of trash. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense. That's Thank the best you, mall, Thank by you. the way. That's my mall. His spider legs. Sorry, Sorry, my mall. I was cutting you off. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they've put this one to bed. I think IG 11s coming back some in some way or another. Because they introduced these guys on purpose. The like, yeah. It's like, well, you know, we uh, we it's we don't have a, a busy time here. I mean, we don't. It's like business is slow, so we're gonna fix your IG yeah. 11 droid kind of thing. We but I don't know. Part. But also, he doesn't need the part anymore because he. The only point of IG-11 was to get him to Mandalore. So he got there, and now what? Where was IG going to sit in the ship? (laughs) On on Mando's How much can they fit Uh, in that ship, my guy? It's like like an F1 car. He's just in it. You know, so like, remind me again why they needed IG eleven to go to Mandalore to test the atmosphere. Yeah, to test the atmosphere. Which sure wasn't toxic. only IG eleven could do that. No, ultimately, he exactly. kind of. I mean, the droids did it, but that he droid, got basically. out with his helmet on and just went anyways. Yeah, well, he can't yeah. do anything. With, yeah, he's like, I need to test my helmet to make sure it's not toxic. Also, though, my helmet is airtight, Pressure and I'll never take it yeah. off. Yeah. Again, again, these are the things. It's like maybe his skin would <laughs> melt. You don't know. There's just tough little things where I'm like, if I'm if your conversations that you're having about like the world isn't interesting enough, this is where my brain's gonna start to go. Which I will say is what happened to me the first half of so episode two. We're, we're talking about episode two about Mandalore a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where this got to me because this episode for me was a little bit more like walking with Bo-Katan. Look at that rock, and it's like, hey. You know, that rock was here when I was ruler of Mandalore. Oh, a little while ago. It would just be like random stuff just to say, remember the Clone Wars? Mm-hmm. Do you remember <laughs> the Clone Wars? And like, yes, that was great. But it, but maybe it was the delivery. Maybe it was the areas. But it just seemed kind of like, I want to read the book about this. I want the database of the Mandalore stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really grasp me until... Bo-Katan, Darksaber, Shield, like that stuff was peak Mandalorian. That was, that's awesome. Loved that. I think that to a degree, that's kind of like the price for fans like us who did already watch everything. I mean, if we really want Disney to pump resources, the money, the time, you know, all this kind of stuff, getting these wonderful actors, um, I think they're wonderful actors, if we want them to pump all those resources into these mainstream shows, like they're going to have to catch up the casual viewer. And so mm-hmm. that's going to grade us wrong. It's probably going to feel a little bit inorganic in the conversation. But like, if that then gives us those big payoff moments in shows like this, I'm, I'm okay with just eating it, honestly. I mean, I'll, I'll just yeah. struggle through those tiny moments and then move on and just appreciate it. Well, what if, like, at the end of Andor season one, Melchie looks at Aunt Cassian and goes, like, oh, yeah, you know, what do you do? I think I've heard there's a rebellion, and maybe I'll become a 
commander. I've always wanted to see places like, you know, Scarif. And like, you know, who's just kind of like made a bunch of Rogue yeah. One references. I mean, that's prospective. That's, that's, not, that's not retrospective. That's very different. That's true. No, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If most of you just see the future, that'd be kind of weird. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. Um, I, speaking of episode two, I feel like with all of Mando, Din Djarin's skills, his history, his background, like his his overall like way that he is about getting out of things, right? He has yeah. so many different gadgets that he has. Yep. He has the whistling bird, he has a flame, he has a like a he has some kind of like lightning rod that shoots out of his arm. Yep. I mean he has all these different things and he gets caught. He gets caught in this in this bed thing, in this yeah. collapsible it's collapsible Iron Maiden thing, if you will. Not completely Iron Maiden, yeah. but I was just like, and the only way he can get out is, hey, Grogo, I need you to go run away and go grab, yeah. uh, <laughs> go grab Bo-Katan. Like, there's got to be a way for him to get out All of right. this. I, I might be misremembering this. Earnest question. Was there not a two-episode arc in Book of Boba Fett where Din learned how to wield the Darksaber? Uh, yes, it was kind, super heavy. Kind of. He never, heavy, he but, never really but learned it. But he trained it. with it, right? He trained with it, it, but he was still really bad. Like, he was Okay, losing. was he by the end? Okay, because I thought he won something because I'm like, Din, listen, my guy, these are like semi-sentient Yeti people. Yep. And he's like, oh, no. I'm like, you're a bounty. My, my guy, <laughs> we met you as to be like, bring you in warm. Bring in cold. Yeah. Like, right. man, took down a crate dragon with a bunch of Tuscans and, and people, and I'm like, yeah. And then he gets in a cave, and he's like, ah, my weakness. Three people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sort of thing. I would have done better just, without trying yeah. to use it. Okay, yeah, I know. Chris says he beat Paz exactly. Vizsla. He beat, he, yeah, he beat Paz Vizsla in a duel in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, I guess he did. With the Darksaber. He so, like, he's pretty good that. at it. Uh, anyway. I don't understand it. That was, yeah. I was also like. I, I also you guys know that's my pet peeve in Star Wars with with protagonists like I need competent protagonists like listen Din you're awesome you, you just be good at everything I like because you're right if you've set us up an awesome bounty hunter I don't think Din can beat anyone yet <laughs> like I think that he keeps he loses a lot um, which I get as a plot point to get people in but yeah when he's like. Oh, thank God my baby was here to go tell his cool aunt, uh, who also is in the system, to come get me. <laughs> you just, you know, going top speed in that baby carriage with his ears that flying back. That was funny. Dude, that was great. <laughs> now, that was pod racing. Yeah. yeah that, now, that was, was pod, pod racing. racing. <laughs> and then yeah, and also just... part the, the, yeah, sorry, the chat is making, is making great points. The Dark Saber has been canonically very heavy. In everything, Rebels, Clone Wars—that is always also very, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, my point of confusion just came from I thought we had seen him be semi um, competent with it, competent with it in Book of Boba. I mean, I, and think, I think he looked like he never held it before I think in like this episode. Din though also could be uh, similar to like a Han Solo, who like he finds himself he loses things, <laughs> yep. he finds himself on the wrong end of things, but he always ends up pulling through. So, like, him beating Vizsla yep. was kind of the moment where he's like, okay, it's now or never, I gotta step up. But that doesn't mean yeah. that he's just like, I don't know, never gonna lose again or never have trouble with the Darksaber again. And may I remind yeah. you, the great Han Solo got caught in just a net. Just just it's a true. net. Like a, like a yeah. cloth net. Just a net. <laughs> just a net. Uh, yeah. But... So all that aside, though, 
Then once Bo gets it, yes, Chris, Bo is a natural with this thing. She she gets the grappling hook, grabs it just like Sabine in Rebels, right? I love the sword shield. That was awesome. Yeah. Yes. That was really cool. Fantastic. Um, I love that vibe. Um, great fight for her. She should have the dark saber, obviously. But then we do get the waters, the whole thing, and our first look at a live action mythosaur. I mean, I that's the moment of the season for me so far. I think is to see in that mythosaur. That I didn't expect that in the slightest. No. Um, and I thought it was really well kind of plotted out. We knew what it was, and I do think that is coming back. IG Eleven, nah. Mythosaur, this is it. They gotta let Mando yeah. ride a mythosaur, right? I, I mean, that's exactly what they like. Hey, we put Boba on a Rancor, and now we're gonna yeah. have Din on a mythosaur. That's gotta happen. I mean, it, they, it's gonna look rad. It, yeah, the character itself is like the homage to the original, you know, Boba Fett in the holiday special when he's riding a mythosaur yes. with his little gun with the two prongs on the end, right? So, yep, yeah, oh, it, yeah. This was, it was very that well was done. great. <laughs> Looks real, looks cool. Yeah. It does look very real. For, and it looks ginormous. Ginormous. And I hope that's They did a stays. really good job with scale, yeah, on yeah. that. So. Um, yeah. And the reason that he plummeted to the bottom of the mine of the water was because of the Beskar being so heavy. Yeah, he literally was like, oh, I fell. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. But, but what about what, a loser. But what about Bo-Katan? She... Well, she dove in, I guess, but still. It's just like, oh, damn, I didn't know all this metal yeah. would weigh me down Who'd and send me to the bottom. <laughs> Is that really? But, was that the in-episode explanation? I don't even remember yeah, that for some reason. I, th- I thought he, I got, thought he got like kind of sucked in or something by like nope. a vortex or something. Fell. It was just I mean, heavy. He, I'm sure he assumed that it was a... Just like a beach, you just walk in and it gets you know deeper and deeper and deeper oh, until you get to you nope. step off the edge <laughs> into the ocean. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. until so you find like this the opposite of a sandbar. But, That's yeah. Elden Ring, man. Just, just like those Elden Ring beaches <laughs> that just drop off. Um, so okay, we do that. Then we have the giant dog fight at the beginning of episode three, which is huge because we have a ton of Tie Fighters, the most ships I think we've seen in a TV show so far. Um, Din doing the like James Bond flying out of the ship and then landing out by his own ship yeah. and then going to help Bo-Katan out like That's sick. so rad and then they say okay this was too many TIE fighters for a warlord right yeah yeah do you think it's Thrawn because that's where my mind went I think this is part of Thrawn's fleet hmm I hadn't thought about that. Oh, that's the first I even thought of that. That's where I, I went. I thought that that's that's just like that's a moth. That's Gideon. That's somebody well, the biggest out there. Other moth we wow. know of is Gideon, and he yeah. escaped. We now know. Yep, prison. Right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about it. It could be Thrawn. He loves his Tie Fighters. He does. <laughs> he does. He really, really so. So, but I think that that's coming back, and they got to hide from them for whatever reason, right? So. We got that. But then, of course, we have a, now we have a bottle episode. Total, yeah. or not, I guess technically not a bottle episode, but a departure episode. Okay, yeah, before we get into there, these ties looked amazing. Look. Love the black helmet tie fighters. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they that is sick. very well done. Random thing I just want to shout out. Rain it, has been very rare in Star Wars. And in these like first three episodes, multiple locations, it was raining, and it looked incredible. And I think there needs to be more rain. I am all for it. <laughs> Remember when All the right. first scene of Andor was in rain? That was great. Yeah. Love that. 
Sorry to keep bringing up Andor. It's my favorite show of all time. Fight me. Um, so, episode three, huge departure. We had a... Mm-hmm. Star Wars TV shows can do this now every once in a while, right? We get these episodes that are the main characters are not in them. But Boba Fett had its Mando episode. This is Mando's Mando episode where we lose them for a while. And it was all Pershing. Um, Twitter loved calling this the Andorlorian because um, it was very Andor-esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very about the you know pencil-pushing day-to-day of the New Republic. We saw a lot of the politics of the New Republic growing. Um of course, leading eventually to the end of the betrayal with Dr. Pershing. Uh, this has been a hugely divisive episode as far as people's reactions. Um, it's my favorite episode of the season by a lot, personally. Um, other people say it's our least favorite episode of The Mandalorian ever. Hmm. Um, so Ever? Ever, yeah. So that's the, there's a spectrum, I guess. <laughs> um, do you guys think this worked... To do this this early? To, I mean, I know it's only an eight-episode season, but it's still pretty early, I think. Um, and was this a story we actually needed to see? And did they do it well? I liked how they went back to Coruscant. I love how they go back to Coruscant after um, the Empire has fallen to see how we depict it now that we've yeah. seen it um, in episode two and three. Yep. Oh, and um, we're all Coruscant, so, by the way. Like, all of us. Yeah, Anytime sure. you go back. 100%. Best plan. <laughs> yes. So, um, so I, it's, it's, I like how they show how the New Republic is now the overseeing or overarching government, but they're still kind of in a skeletal structure. They're not all, yep. they can't, they can't, um, like, govern every part of the galaxy at this, at this very moment. Yep. Um, they and they have, yeah. But they have this, you know, program, much like we saw in the first Alphabet Squadron book, um, how they're trying to um, rehab old, yeah, rehab old uh, empirical um, soldiers and or just like like we saw here, the pencil pushers, the me, the keyboard ninjas, you know, all those people. Um, Anybody who's dealt with the Empire, whether they had to be forced into it or not, Mm -hmm. they had, I think... They had some kind of a way to redeem themselves, which was great. Um, so, I I really liked this episode because it yeah. was so different. And then they also talked about the cloning because mm-hmm. that was all about the beginning of uh, Mando in season one. Was yeah, he, Doctor Pershing was there. They put him on that little X-ray bed. He's like, "What did you do to him?" He's like, "I didn't do anything to him. I swear." <laughs> but it's just like yeah. they they went they went real deep into that, and I was like, "Oh wow, what are they going to do with this t- cloning technology? They want to clone." Like these force sensitive beings, what are they yep. going to use that for? And yep. they stopped, and then hey, this this uh, when you, it's a, a double agent, if you will. Yeah, she right. influenced him to go outside of the boundaries that he should be going to to get this med kit or to get this mobile station, this mo- mobile med station, yep. and um, he did it. He was convinced. She he, she did all the right things. She like sucked up to him. She uh, made him feel. Made him feel strong, made him feel like somebody, yep. um, gave him crackers that he loved. But, um, yeah. so I'll do a lot for a good cracker. Straight man. out of the spy playbook right there. I was like, and like when, he told him, when he told those people, when he told these guys about it, he's like, you know what I kind of miss the most? Are those really crappy ration crackers. And they were like, no, man, you like those? He's, he's like, like, oh, my God, yeah, it's be so easy. Do. I can get those easily. <laughs> 
But like, yeah, the mind wipe at the very end, that was brutal. That was almost, that was like um, Andor-esque whenever they put the hearing thing on on Biggs. Oh, that was crazy. Um, So, I mean, overall, I I liked this this, um, skew in the season. Because I I think the cloning part is going to go somewhere. It's just that who's going to... I mean, who's going to keep going with it? Because uh, I don't know. It's just maybe that they were trying to. I think maybe they were trying to keep the cloning part under wraps, and she, being a double agent, didn't want the New Republic to get her hand their hands on it. So the one person that knew about that cloning technology that was in the brain uh, was Doctor Pershing, and you need to wipe that thing with electricity or whatever they were using. That's something. Um, yeah, I mean, what just like. Um, uh, in Rogue One, when um, or Gullet, yeah, or Gullet, and uh, like the only one that knew about how like to put together the Death Star, and who only knew that flaw was yep. um, uh, Galen. No, no, Galen, yeah, Galen so Galen's the only one. So got to kill Galen, yep. right? He's the only one that knows. And that's yeah. what they're after. So yeah, I similarities I, there between Galen and Pershing, I guess. Yeah, I agree completely. That. And I, I think that it, the purpose of his death and the purpose of her. You know, double double crossing betrayal is really going to reveal itself later on in the season. I'm great with that. Um, I also think that just on a very base level, I think they talked like people. Like my my biggest thing about the previous episodes with the dialogue feeling stilted, I thought the acting across the board in this episode was great. I thought the conversations were really interesting. I think this is the look at the New Republic that we want that we get in books like Bloodline, Alphabet Squadron, Aftermath. Like this is fascinating part of Star Wars history. Where it's like, mm-hmm. well, now what? You know, is there re- rehabilitation programs? Um, we're losing all this research the Empire did. Isn't that bad? Well, no, because it's still bad research. But could it be used for good? Like, that's the morality stuff I find so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it was a great episode to look at that. Um, I do think it was very Andor-esque, like you said. Um, but I just think overall it was a great time. And I think all the actors did a phenomenal job at it. Um, yeah, in the chat, uh, uh, Stephanie, great uh, High Republic callback with the top of the mountain. Uh, we saw that in Light of the Jedi. It's the only place where you can actually touch the Coruscant. And he almost did. Yeah, that was, was crazy. Loved seeing that again. <laughs> of course, the mountain is mentioned in Legends, but it's named and stuff in the High Republic and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I loved this. I, I love these little slices of life stuff. It felt like an, an interlude in Aftermath. Um, if you remember those books where they just had those little, those Cobb Vanth for its guy to start there. Like, Mm-hmm. This kind of stuff is what's going on in the galaxy, and I thought these actors really just did a phenomenal job. Um, and I, I didn't miss the Mando storyline until like the last ten minutes or so. I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready to get back. I'm glad it was just a one part, but overall, yeah. I still think it was a really excellent addition to the season, um, just in terms of directing and acting wise. Yeah, and you know for sure, in Galaxy's Edge is going to sell these like the glowy popsicle, popsicle things. Oh, that, that were, were totally. That fa- were I got those, those were fake stuff. They were. Those are green screened in so hard. They're like, ooh, popsicle. I'm eating a popsicle. No, you're not. I love you guys. No, you're not. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they put that in there, though. Yeah. That's very... That's very. That's what you would do. Fanatical. Walk, you know, walk around and have a popsicle. Look at Coruscant, you know? It's... I, I, I keep trying to think back about it, and this is one of my favorite times in Star Wars history is this exact timeline. And I think it is because the quality of projects we've gotten in this have been so high. Um, not the Mandoverse specifically, but like really the books in this era have been so good and dealt with these heavy themes. And I hope we don't mm-hmm. shy away from this too completely. And we do keep touching base 
on that while we're also getting the Mandalore stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I, I don't think we're ever going to see him again, obviously, because he died. But I, I hope we get some good stuff here. D- is he? You think he's he dead? Die? I think his mind's just wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think. I don't know that he's dead. Well, no, someone on Twitter made a good point. Listen, even if the New Republic uses that machine for good, for rehabilitation, why is that setting still on the machine? Like, is it case? <laughs> when like, it goes uh, to 11? No, let's turn yeah. it up just in case. <laughs> like, you know? Well, there's some. It could be other species. It doesn't work oh, as, as well on others, oh, okay. right? So, okay. like, a species you know put what? a Rodian in there that and was very take, you can take all of it. West. You make a great point. <laughs> you make a great point. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see him again. I kind of hope we might. I enjoyed that Me actor. Too. Oh, I hope we do. Yeah, yeah he's great. The Actually, so I can't remember the name of the actress either that – uh, uh, Katie O'Brien. Katie O'Brien, phenomenal. I mean, when they when they showed the quick shot of her from the old episode, looking menacing in her yep. imperial outfit, I was like, oh, okay, so they're mm-hmm. gonna bring her back. And then they showed her, and I was like, cool, definitely evil, definitely, definitely yep. evil. And yeah. then the whole yep. <laughs> time, I felt myself getting pershinged, and I was like, she seems kind of great. Like I like yeah, she's same. friendly. And then at the end, I was same. like, of course, she was always gonna double cross him. Like. Of course she was, but I almost Hindsight. thought she wasn't. Hindsight. Yeah, um, she was dope. I really enjoyed her quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. She's, who is she, she doing working? Really is she job. still working for Gideon? Or I think so. Yeah, I think she's. Still I think so for too. Gideon. Yeah, that's absolutely. How it seems, right? Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, and they're not going to get rid of Giancarlo Esposito for goodness sakes. Like, oh no, he's around. Yeah, it's too good not to lose. Um, yeah. One and one other thing about the Alphabet's Quadrant book with similarities to this mm-hmm. is the um, therapist droids that they had. Yeah, yeah. So they had to go. Oh, the right. Pershing here had to talk with a therapist droid and basically tell him, "No, I have no ill will towards the New Republic." Every single day, I guess it seemed like he That's every day he had to go and was like, "No, yeah. we're cool, man. We're good." He's like. No, man, we're good. We're good. And then, like, another week, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of mad. <laughs> yeah. Mad, but he didn't. He held it together, asked about whether he's like, would it be against the rules if I did, like, any kind of research in my recreation hours? And they're like, <laughs> yes. Yes, you cannot do that. Yeah. It felt a little like Severance, that Apple uh, Apple TV yeah. show, if anyone's watched that. Like, very much. Yeah, true. Like, we're all friends here, right? You're fine. Why would you ask more questions? And it's really interesting. So I, I think that wherever the season goes, these seeds of betrayal are now very fascinating. Um, the seeds of who these ships are from at the beginning of the episode is fascinating. And now we got Mando and Bo with the, like we got a full group of Mandalorians. We have mm-hmm. dark things going on behind the scenes. And I think overall looking ahead to the little more than second half of the season, right? We have four, five, six, seven, eight. I am I'm now, even though I haven't been the biggest fan of the first three as a whole, I'm pretty optimistic about the rest of the season because I think that the pieces are finally placed where they need to go. We've shown the dialogue can, can be really good, and I think the action is getting the budget. So I'm hoping that all these things they've kind of started up really just sink in. It's tight storytelling going forward, and we get to see a lot of the stuff kind of come to fruition. So I'm yeah. I'm slightly disappointed. But I'm incredibly optimistic. I think it's where I'm ending. I, th- I think it says something that where they started with 
the um, they started with Din and they started with uh, and they started with Bo-Katan in the beginning, and then they had this they had this arc or this this singular episode about you know Doctor mm-hmm. Pershing and how they wiped his mind, and then they came back to the Mando before uh, yes, the Mandalorians before right. they ended the episode, yep, which was yep. great, and then. The whole time, like, when they brought Bo-Katan back in, it's like, have you removed your helmet since you were in the waters? She said, no. It's like, well, you are part of the, you know, yeah. that is the way. And she was like, sure it is. And then takes her helmet off. I was waiting <laughs> that was, for that. Oh, God, I was, you know? oh, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. But that because she didn't do that, now I'm thinking she's like, well, maybe this is actually the way. Which... Makes me intrigued for next Wednesday. I know. I like, think she's excited about it. Y'all got health insurance? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she I mean, was I'll, like... I'll, I'll be chill for a while. I'll take a, a yeah. bed and a bowl of soup. Thanks. Yeah. Her house got blown up, and now she's like, you know, I can chill here. Oh, what? This is the way? Yeah, sure. This is the way. Where's the food? Like, she, yeah. She was sitting in a concrete chair. How well could that have, like, been for her? <laughs> yeah. Like, not oh, great. my back. Not great. Not my great. Back. Not great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I know the, the next episode is uh, Carl Weathers directed it, I believe, and he did <laughs> leak on Twitter that it's called The Foundling. Uh, and people were like, oh, I thought we weren't supposed to know that. And he's like, oops. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <but> anyway, <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, he had a, I mean, I think he did a good job directing his previous episode, so it'll be a good time. I, I think both these – it's very interesting seasons for Bad Batch and Mandalorian to be happening at the same time. Because yeah. they're both, I think, a little up and down, but they both have really, really high highs. And I hope that they both stick their landings really, really well to kind of give us some good momentum going in and out of Celebration. Because Mando's going to end after Celebration, Bad Batch will end right before. So I think that kind of hype meter, because we're going to have now a bunch of time without shows, um, writing whatever we can announce at Celebration, whether it be the, the next film, whether it be, you know, Ahsoka trailers, Skeleton Crew, like... We're really going to need to nail these endings in these last part of the seasons to keep us going, and and I think we will. Yeah. I think we will. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. We have um, John Favreau still voicing the character of this Fizzle guy. Is it sounds like is it. he? It it didn't sound like it. When I agree. I he this didn't festival. sound like it. But <laughs> they're probably. Don't but that want doesn't mean it's not. Sound like John Favreau. It's, he's got a that's very probably true as well. Voice. Yeah, that's probably true as well. So. Look here. Pa- oh, no, Paz yeah. Vizsla is Tate Fletcher. Tate Fletcher. So, Tate nope. Tate Fletcher. I th- <laughs> nope. Okay, Don't never mind. Leave that. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, leave that right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, well, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Again, we're probably going to do another. We'll do another episode like this. Um, Probably at the end of the season, maybe before the finale, depending on how we're doing with some predictions, or maybe when it's all said and done. Uh, I kind of like tackling them all like this because sometimes you got to stretch per episode, but it's really nice just to uh, just to kind of take it as, as a chunk. You know, you don't go chapter by chapter with books necessarily. So we're excited to talk about it again. If you have any other thoughts about Mandalorian, leave them in the comments below. We want to know what you're thinking about this season. Um, and again, jump in our discord, talk about the Mandalorian every single Wednesday. Spoiler tags are very respectful. So that's great. Um, two weeks from tonight as a heads up, two weeks from tonight is our Jedi battle scars round table led by Corey, his first round table being led. Um, so make sure you finish that book in the next two weeks. Uh, we know you bought it because it's New York times bestseller, but On that note, everyone, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Living Force. 
If you support us on Patreon, thank you so, so much. We appreciate every single one of you at patreon.com slash utini. And a special thank you to Brian Julie, Earl Q, Carl Sander, and Zach W. on our Jedi High Council, and James T., Ashley Ingalls, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson, Charles Zetsi Hankel, Wes is at Bo- Boss Wes, and we are at Living Force Pod. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Charles and Wes for piling me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out and chatting some Mando. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.